chapter 6. As Paul gives the Ephesian brethren and all of those of like faith and order, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now this is Father's Day, and we're going to talk about fathers. Now that's our New Testament. Now I don't know how many hundreds of times the word father is used in both the Old and the New Testament. But now I want to go back to Genesis 2. We'll come back over here. Genesis 2, we know the days of creation, verse 1, now, as we finished up chapter 1, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, there's no, nobody that is so foolish that would, would read that and say, that must mean billions of years. Do you know anybody that's that foolish, that stupid, that they would read that and say, well, that must mean billions of years when it says the evening and the morning were their sixth day. It's talking six 24-hour days. That's important to emphasize because very few people do emphasize it. And most people just assume that all of these evolutionists liars that they're telling, they're telling the truth. This world is billions of years old. But they're telling lies. They, if they tell that as the truth, they're telling a lie. That's how I call them liars. If you say something, you say, this is a theory. Then you're not lying about it. You're telling the truth about it, whatever it is. But when you take your idea, your theory, and you pass it off as truth, that is a lie. Amen. Anyway, now we move to chapter 2, and I want to point this out to you. That so many people say, well, there's two different creations talked about here. Well, now let's see what we've got here. The evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus... You could supply for thus as a result. Consequently, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. That's everything you just talked about in chapter 1. And on the seventh, well, I'll be. There's that seventh day. We didn't discuss the seventh day back in chapter 1, but now we've got it. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested or ceased from his labor on the seventh day 
from all his work which he had made. Now, it didn't give us evening and morning on the seventh day. And that idiot from, uh, he's a brilliant guy, but he's a, he's a spiritual idiot. Hugh Ross with that uh, biogenesis thing, he says, well, uh, because that didn't finish out morning and evening, it means the ultimate ages. No. If you've got a day of rest, do you punch time clock in the morning? And one in the afternoon, evening? Or is that whole day? You don't, you don't bother with evening and morning on that day. That's the day that you're resting from your work, ceasing from your work. And so on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Still referring back to the other six days. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, holified it, separated from the other days, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And that was the Sabbath day, the seventh day. And that was the day that we entered into God's work. Now, we cease from our work and entered into his. We still are to do that. But the day has changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But up until the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The most magnificent day in all the history of the world. Was when God finishes creation. So the Saturday Sabbath was in, a, in honor of the creation of God. The Sunday Sabbath is in honor of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which absolutely topples all other works. Now he says, verse 4, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. He's still referring back to chapter 1. What, what right do these idiots have uh, to... Say there's another creation here. That's so they can get all of their gap theories and all of their billions of years in here. They're liars. You can't, you can't reasonably read this and come across with all that stuff they've got. These are the generation of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heaven, the earth, and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. He's still talking about the original the creation. The original, the only creation week of God. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Now we don't see anything to change that verse. Until the, until the rains come down on Noah's flood, in, in Noah's ark in, in the flood. There's nothing to change that. So I assume that was the way the earth was watered up until the time of the flood. Now say, oh, well, that's not right. Well, it may not be, but it looks to me like it was. At least we have no scripture on that. All right. Uh, but there went up a mist. Yeah, we saw that. 
Verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, I don't know how God did that. I know he did it. Because his absolute historical record says so. Old Brother Halford Overby used to say that men are dirtier than women. Absolutely. These textile mills where they work on fine, fine material, fine cloth, they can't have men working them. They have to have women because men soil it. Whatever it is about them, they soil it. Women don't. Halford Ober said that it's because we was made from the, directly from the dirt. Hey, I can't argue with that. Anyway, uh, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And that's exactly what we go back to. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. We are living souls. That have a body. And the Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow. Every tree that is pleasant to the sight. And good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden. Where do we get another creation here? This is a continual narrative. Uh, the tree of life in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, this, that is it, which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. There is Delium, and the onyx stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon, the same as it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And that was a big portion in Africa. And the name of the third river is Hidekal. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. Now everybody thinks that because that's Euphrates River, that made, that's the Euphrates River that is now, so that's where the Garden of Eden was. But I, you have to understand, after this, the earth went into a catastrophe because of sin. Sin hasn't entered yet. And God not only put a curse on the serpent, on the man, on the woman, he also put it on the earth. Things changed drastically then. And then 1,500, thereabouts years later, it, <coughs> it changed completely again. So where is the Garden of Eden? I don't know. You say, well, isn't it there? I don't know. Doubt it. If everything has changed, my. Anyway, so verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, he didn't, here's Adam, first man. He's without sin. He's not depraved. 
He's made just as God made him. And what did God do? Put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. That sounds like work to me. Even in a sinless existence. God never intended us to be lazy and do nothing. All right. And the Lord God committed or commanded the man, verse 16. Sin of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And there we find the first law of God. Adam and Eve had made Eve yet, but Adam and Eve are under the law. If they keep it, they're all right. If they break it, not only do they die spiritually, but so does the whole human race. Because every human being in this whole wide world, wherever they come from, we all came from the first man and the first woman. You'll see her name is Eve because she's the mother of all living. Now, verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Uh, Paul re responds to that in 1 Corinthians 7. It's not good for a man to be alone. But now he did not make another man. So here is the going to be the first marriage. And God creates man and woman and he creates marriage. The Supreme Court of the United States of America does not have the authority to remake marriage. And they'll pay for it someday what they've done to this country. God said, I will make him and help me for him. A helper that is suitable for him. A man was not suitable for Adam. And no man is suitable for another man in so-called marriage. It's nothing but a travesty. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. That's not another creation. That's the same one under discussion here. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an helpmeet, a helper that is suitable for him. So you have idiots today ungodly idiots today that are demanding that they be allowed to marry their horse or their dog or their cat. They, they, they take it and make filth out of what God has ordained. And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. Now some of them have said, well, he didn't make him from a rib, he made him from the side. Now wait a minute. And he took one of his ribs. Well, looks to me like he's going to use a rib. 
Does it look like that to you all? And closed up the flesh instead thereof. Now, he didn't leave it open. He took the rib. I don't know why he took it. The reason I took it. I don't know why he did it. He created him to do what he wants to. And then he closed up the flesh. I don't think he put any stitches in it. I think he closed up the flesh. And the rib. That didn't say side, did it? Said rib. I don't know where that came from. But there's some been talking that here reason. He didn't make him from rib, made him from the side. Not from my Bible. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this, referring to the woman, is now bone of my bones. That's not something figurative. That's literal language. He took a bone from me, there's a rib, and made woman from my rib. So now, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, they're all trying, trying to wipe this out. I mean, they all are. They're arguing that there's more than two genders. And they say, yes, men can have their periods. What their idiots are saying, the devils are saying, this is a woman who now says she's a man and she still has her period. Or this is a woman that can still get pregnant, but now she says she's a man. So there you got a man that's pregnant or a man that's... Ha- it's, it's all, I, I don't know what words to use. Just, it's just devilish. Amen. Anyway. Now therefore, look, look at how man and woman, they began. How God made them. Therefore shall a man leave his father, first mention of father, and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Leave father and mother, and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Because you see, wasn't Adam and Eve one flesh? They really were. And so we must go back there. We can't do it like Adam and Eve did it. But we must do it by embracing and honoring one another, becoming one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. All right, now, there's a first mention of father in the Old Testament. The word father is ob. In the New Testament, it is pater. Well, in the New Testament, it kind of means the same thing. As in the Hebrew, it's just not as in explicit detail. And I want you to get this. 
Father means ancestor, source, and inventor. That's what the Father is. Same thing in the New Testament, but this is spelled out more in the Hebrew. Ob is the word in the Hebrew. Ancestor? Well, the father of such ancestor. But also the father is the source and the doer, the inventor. Now look at some of our scriptures here. Look at chapter 4. In verse 19, And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bare Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. So there you find cattle farmers, animal husbandry, and nomads, they that dwell in tents. There's plenty of people, especially in Tibet, Mongolia, all over, that live in tents. They're nomads. They travel, feeding their flocks, wherever they can go to feed their flocks. But the father of them, and the father of those that raise cattle, is this fellow right here, Jabal. He was the father of such. So there you have the source. Okay. And his brother's name was Jubal. You've got Jabal and Jubal. Now Jubal was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Well, I know a harp like that. Some kind of a small one or whatever. And the organ, I guess, is like a flute. But at any rate, what it is, Jubal was the father of musicians. Uh, now this is very early on. People say prostitution is the oldest, oldest profession. Well, they lie. They don't know what the truth is. No, prostitution didn't come along until Nimrod at the Tower of Babel. When pagan religion surfaced. And that's where prostitution, both female and male prostitution came from. From pagan religious temples. That's where they started. So it's not hardly the oldest profession. Here are some of the oldest professions. Now, uh, verse 22. And Zillah, she also bare Tubalcain. An instructor of every artificer. Well, an artificer is one that puts together things. Craftsmen. In brass and iron. People say, oh, they got, they got iron up there. Uh, those big braces that they use at the ark. Holding those beams together. Well, everybody knows they didn't have no iron back then. No, everybody doesn't know that. Only you think you know it. 
Here you've got all the way back here. That's Lamech. That's Noah's daddy. Well, here you've got iron and brass. Well, that brass is more like bronze, but, but because of the alloys. But there you've got iron. And every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal came was Naamah. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, hearken to my speech, for I have slain a man to my wound, wounding the young man to my heart. I won't get into all that. But we're talking about the source. These people were called the father of such. Look real quick at Hebrews. The 11th chapter. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Then in verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Now Abraham, Paul tells us in Galatians, is the father of the believer. He's the father of the faithful, of those who are of faith. If you by faith have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Abraham is your spiritual father. That makes you a spiritual Jew just like he was. Abraham was not a fleshly Jew. He was a Gentile that was made into a Jew just like we are. But now the point is that he is the father of the believers. We go to Joshua 24 and we see another real father. Joshua said, you all do whatever you want to. If you want to serve the pagan gods on the other side of the river, you do that. But regardless of what you do, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So father is ancestor, source, and inventor. All of that is coming from the father. And that's exactly what fathers should be today. Now, go back to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, how many men who are fathers 
Do you think have that in their mind? I'm going to say you could go out on every street corner and you'd have a rough time finding anybody that had any idea what the scripture says about a man, a husband, and a father. Nowadays, these guys go around and they spread their seed because some stupid, idiotic girl lets them in and then he knocks her up and she has a baby and he never supports those children. He never provides a home for those children. Why do you think this world is in the shape that it's in? Why do you think there's no respect out there and this, but people just gone wild on drugs and alcohol and all kinds of crime and sin? There's no respect for the law. There's no respect for God. There's no respect for His Word. Boys grow up, I'm going to spread my seed around, but I ain't going to stay and do anything about it. Now let me tell you, look at 1 Timothy. First Timothy chapter 5. He says, verse 1, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. An elder is a pastor of a church. And there could be other elders too, but treat him as a father. How would you treat your father? He said, well, honor your father and your mother. So that's how you treat an elder, any elder. And then he says, And these, verse 7, these things give in charge that they may be blameless. I'd have to back up and read all of that for to get the absolute. But verse 8, now listen to this. Has everybody got the scriptures open? I want you to see what the Bible says. If you don't have a Bible, you ought not to come to church without a Bible. But if any provide not for his own, that would be your own wife and your own sons, and your own daughters. Amen? Amen. And especially for those of his own house. He has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. A man that does not work and provide for his own family. He's wor- an infidel is a non-believer. So I have a rough time believing that's a saved man. If he's worse than an infidel, and an infidel is an unbeliever, and we know that salvation comes by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you're an unbeliever, you're an infidel, you have not repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have not faithed him. You see what I'm saying? How in the world can that be a saved man? When he's worse than an infidel. And an infidel is about as bad as you can get. But a man that will not work and provide for his own is worse than an infidel. All right. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Okay. 
So as we see, so what is a father? He is an ancestor. He is a source. Many fathers are not sources at all. They may be blood relatives, but they're not a source of anything for that family. And that's why these women, they want to become men. They can't do it. You understand that? A woman that wants to become a man, she can't do it. And a man that wants to become a woman, he can't do it. God made a man, and he made a woman. And he joined them together in matrimony, and he said it was good, and he said, go, on, go forth and replenish the earth. That's where families are. And then women say, I'm going to do it on my own. I don't want a man. Well, you're, you're, a, you're a, 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 I don't know what you are. You're a demon. You're not a saved woman. That does that. I don't want a man. Well, God says that you need to have one. Now, I agree. There are a lot of men. I feel sorry for women. I mean it. Listen, the Bible says you love your wife so much that you die for her. But some, a lot of men, they not only abuse their wives physically... They abuse them verbally by constantly cutting them down, ridiculing them. Of course, there's a lot of women who do that to men too. And that's not why we get married to tear each other down. We get married to build each other up and have a life together and to have a family for our children that daddy can be the ancestor, the source, and the inventor, the provider. I don't know. I'd hate to say a whole lot more because I might mess up what I've said. That's what a father is. And you young boys, you need to remember that. You need to know if you've got one that you can follow the example, praise the Lord for it. Some men... Teach their children by negative example. Showing them what you ought not to do as a father. This, this is getting just farther and farther along. Not only with drugs, but with alcohol. Men drinking, women drinking. They can't move without a shot of whiskey. I mean, they're, they're absolutely... They used to call that demon rum. Anybody ever hear that? And that was not without a purpose. I believe in teetotal abstinence. I don't believe there's any excuse for any one of us to take a drink of any liquor. Now, I know NyQuil, but I guarantee you one shot is about all you can take of it. And then you go to sleep. Am I right? You don't sit there and Dram drink, do you? Nasty stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. I have tasted whiskey, and it couldn't be much nastier than that. Even beer, the same thing. Why do you need that garbage? Are you such an idiot 
that you can't think, you can't do without your mind being crashed with alcohol and drugs? What kind of idiots are they? Are they? Anyway, that's Father. And you think this whole world out here is innocent. But they're not. People are not innocent. Now I believe babies in their infancy, they're innocent, they're not guilt, they're not sin free, but they're innocent. Not accountable for their sins. They have sin, but they're not accountable. But when I hear people, oh, we need to go out there and just take our love of God and take it to all these poor, innocent people out there. No, there ain't none of them out there. There's none of them out there innocent. You don't know what's working in this world. What did Paul say is already working? Oh. Yeah, and has been working. And who is the prince of the power of the air? It is Satan. I'm sorry these so-called Baptists try to say he's already changed, but I know good and well he's not. That he's out there deceiving who he can, and boy has he deceived a bunch. But that's what a, what a father is. God help you to remember that, especially young boys, before you ever get started in it. Let's all stand.